sitting at the edge of the Grand Canyon today, looking down, seeing the flashlights of people who are staying on the river down below. From way up high is just such an immense feeling of being tiny, being small. And isn't that just what we need to get out of our own heads once in a while? To make ourselves and our problems seem tiny? Because really, problems are what we make them. The more we attend to them, the bigger they seem. But the more distance we can give ourselves, the less they seem to intimidate the less of a grasp they have. It's like they don't have talons anymore. You can just let them go. And you can do the same thing by just taking a moment away, going out and looking up at the stars, and giving yourself that permission, that time to be away from your problems and your thoughts. And just see what comes in. Hello. Today will be a little bit different than usual. As I look out my window, I see, well, within my view, three deer feeding. I'm in a little room in the eastern Colorado Rockies at a mountain retreat. And I've been tasked with teaching a class today. So because it would feel uncomfortable creating a podcast for you while I'm teaching a class for them, I thought I'd do a quick run-through of it first and share it with you. So first of all, let me start by saying I once saw a priest running down the street And I ran towards him, saying, what's wrong? Is someone chasing you? And he said, no, I'm simply getting in some calisthenics between the bus stop and here. And I thought, oh, that makes sense, but I had never considered that before. And he was dressed for coming to meet with people, looked very nice, and his shoes were shined. So it brought to my awareness that people are people, but everybody has their own path and their own reasoning, and not to judge. But maybe to ask questions, if not to that person, to yourself. Kind of place yourself in their shoes. And yesterday I saw a monk carrying two rocks as he walked. Because I was in a period of silence, I could not ask. And I thought, well, let me go inside and and think, what could that be? I don't follow any specific religious belief. So don't have any insight. But I thought possibly, just possibly, those rocks could symbolize the weight that others carry. Perhaps he was 
thinking about that weight, that suffering of others. Those were just a physical reminder. Again, I could be wrong, but there's really no harm in going into someone else's possible reality and trying to see things from his or her perspective, is there? There's a lot of wisdom to be found in other people, in ourselves. My ego is not here to talk about any wisdom I know, but to share some stories with you and to see where that guides you. Here's a story that you may have heard before, but because the context is different, you've changed and had experiences and grown since perhaps the last time you heard it. It might feel different. It might sit differently for you today. A grandfather from the Cherokee Nation was talking to his grandson, and he said, there's a fight going on inside me. He said, it's a great war between two wolves. One is evil and ugly. Anger, he's full of war and greed. Self-pity. Can you think of some other things that an evil and ugly wolf might possess? I'll give you a moment to think about it. Maybe sorrow and regret, guilt, resentment, inferiority. And then he opened his eyes and he turned to his grandson and he said, The other wolf is beautiful and good. He is friendly, joyful, peaceful, loving. Can you think of some more positive characteristics just to yourself while you're listening that this wolf might possess? Loving, hopeful, serene, humble, kind, compassionate. The grandfather said the same fight is going on inside of you and inside of every human being. My grandson said, but grandfather, which one will win? The elder looked at his grandson and simply said, the one you feed So compassion and connection with others is one way to feed the beautiful and good wolf inside all of us. An author I met at a retreat at Mount Madonna in California, Michael Ortiz Hill, writes about end-of-life living. He's a retired RN who traveled around the world, lived with some for some time, actually, with an African tribe. I believe that his parents, who were missionaries, were working with. And they left, and they said, you need to stay on. There's work for you to do with us. And in my four or five hours of having a conversation with Michael, he said, they have this word. 
that I'll share with you, and maybe my pronunciation is incorrect, so forgive me, but Mbutu means I am, we are. He said it's this interconnectedness. You hear it with indigenous peoples all over the world. He said, and that was something that really found its way into my heart. And in my travels around the world, um, you know, learning little bits of different languages in both Korean and Spanish and perhaps others, there are different words based on if you're leaving a room with a group or you're leaving the group behind. So in Korean, it's kiseyo or keseyo, different, slightly. But that separateness or that being with others is validated through language. To bring that to a more contemporary stage, Dr. Dan Siegel, whom I met at 1440 Multiversity in Scotts Valley, California, talks about mui and the interconnectedness of me and you, we, mui. And there's a reason that so many people are talking about this, being it, making it a piece of who they are, because there's a thread that goes right through the center of all of us holding space for this, you know, if you want to look at it from a perspective of physics, a gravitational connection, and in many cases others, that just feels right. So we're going to do a short sit. And again, you're aware of what a mindful body looks like. I invite you to align your vertebra horizontally or, if possible, vertically for maximum awareness. Just make connection with the points that are in the chair, or on the floor, or wherever you may be. Really feel that. Let go of any muscles that are remaining tight because you don't need to do anything right now. Well, the surface is supporting you beautifully. Your eyes may be gently open or you may allow them to close. If they're open, you may want to gaze downward or off to the side and just soften your gaze. Let your eyes unsharpen. And if they're closed, just make sure that there's no tension in the face. Relax the jaw, the throat. Be mindful of where your breath resides. The upper lungs are down in the belly. Let all tension go in the large muscles of your legs, past the joints in your knees, in your ankles, in your feet. This is your time. You don't need to be anywhere. You don't need to be thinking anything. The beauty of guided sits or guided meditations is that you can 
absolutely 100% let go. If you find intrusive thoughts coming into your mind, simply put them on a leaf and watch them drift downstream. Some other techniques we've learned include possibly putting them on a timer for 15 minutes on a cloud. In 15 minutes, those thoughts will be right there, those lists, those worries, but not now. Watch the wind take that cloud, drift away, farther and farther away. Do a quick body scan and see how you're feeling. If it feels right, use your breath to sink down deeper into your awareness. And if that is not your anchor point, choose one that feels right. Maybe you feel an anchor like that of a boat come out of your tailbone and go deeper and deeper down through the earth. And if you need an extra visualization, maybe you have an anchor hook at the very end and you can hook that into the center of the earth and feel it tug down on you, hold you in place. Let me remind you of the intent for the sit is about connection compassion, and as a result, you may find a little extra empathy. We started with yourself, with the body, by freeing the mind and centering and grounding the body. But at this time, if there's anything else you feel you need to attend to, physically or even emotionally, Go ahead and give some loving compassion to that part of yourself. Once you've taken care of your own needs, then and only then are you able to have some overflow for others. You know this intuitively, but on a daily basis, please remind yourself when you start feeling depleted, it's because you've not taken care of yourself first. Find yourself in a forest with either meshy moss or crisp pine needles under your feet. And as you look around, notice what you notice. It's a comforting place in groves of family trees. There's always a grandmother tree and babies around and sometimes underbrush. 
Notice the temperature and the time of day. Maybe you can see light through the trees, or maybe it's more densely packed. And while there's light, you don't see the ray or rays coming through. It's time for you now to choose a tree to sit down and lean up against. Feeling the depth, feeling the depth of the years that the tree possesses, feeling the bark on your back. And in a moment, you're going to close your eyes in your mind's eye in that location. Take a couple of breaths. So now you're observing yourself sitting next to this tree. And I want you to go fully into that self and occupy that space, that safe, wonderful, beautiful place next to you, the tree of your choice. and feel the vibrancy and how you radiate because you've taken the time to take care of yourself. You feel full of energy and full of life and you're willing to share that with somebody. Think of somebody you've recently had a difficult interaction with and maybe somebody close to you or somebody you don't know that you met out and about. But when you left that situation, you felt there was a need, something missing, whether it be unpleasant or not. You just notice it wasn't a fulfilling connection and you'd like to heal that. And because you only have control over what you do and think and feel, you're going to invite that person into your space with you there next to the tree. Perhaps he or she is at a different tree right next to you, but supported with their back against it. Or maybe they're simply sitting in front of you with legs crossed, facing you, receptive and open in a non-judgmental way. Just invite that person now into your space. And showing compassion for that other person, place a hand over your heart and say some words similar to, I felt that we left things in a less than ideal way. I wish they were better. 
and in connecting with you here in this space, this safe place. I just want you to know that next time we meet, I want the interaction to be better, kinder, and I'm going to show up with more compassion. And anything else you would like to tell that person, go ahead now and do that. And when you're ready, remove the hand from your heart and listen. And perhaps that person will say, I thank you for trying to resolve this situation and I feel better and next time I see you when you smile I'll smile back and let us start there notice how that feels differently in your body perhaps you feel lighter or more open Notice off to the side, a little bird hopping up with something in its beak. It's a little gift, a little silk bag that you take from its beak and pull the strings open and peek inside. That gift needs to reside somewhere in your body and you'll know where. Go ahead and place it there now. Once it's inside your body, you'll know what the message is. You might need to notice a different feeling, or it might be very clear, but go ahead and give yourself time and space now to know what that message is. feel ready, wiggle your toes and your fingers, maybe take a deep stretch and let your eyes open. Notice how that act of compassion has changed your mindset. You may actually feel excited to see how this next interaction is going to go. But it doesn't have to be about the interaction. It has to be about you and how you have changed inside. Thank you for letting me think my thoughts out loud today.
I look forward to any questions that you might have. And I'll address them in the next video. Have a great day. Be well.